Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. Just before we get started, a quick word from one of our sponsors. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Cobabble. Cobabble is a technology platform that aims to help you digitize and digitalize your business. Simple to use, massively powerful, and guaranteed to bring your paper-based archaic processes into the digital age. Cobabble leverages the smart device technology already in your employees' hands to help streamline processes, share information, as well as educate and train your workforce. Whether you have paper-based checklists, forms, or audits that need digitizing, are looking for a better way to communicate with your teams, need to train them on the go, or are looking to replace your existing system with one that is far more cost-effective, Cobabble is the tool for you. Check out cobabble.com for more information, to request a demo, or sign up for your free trial. Cobabble, your digitization partner. Okay, and let's get on with it. Hello and a very warm welcome to this episode of the podcast. In the virtual studio this week, I have the pleasure of Nina joining me. Nina, how are you this morning? Hi, Barry. Thank you very much for inviting me to your podcast. I'm really, really excited and looking forward. Me too, me too, because we've been trying to do this for quite a while and then our children are sick, your children are sick and then we're sick and everything's going on. So I am really excited to actually get this uh, this conversation down as well because we did have a little chat before and, um, you know, you're such a fascinating person. So I think that our listeners can really benefit from all the experience that you have, especially here in the Middle East. And so our our focus with our podcast is about business owners who've chosen to do business here uh, and you've been in the region for a long time. And so I'm going to ask you to, to turn the, the clock back as far as you like, um, just to the beginning of, of your career or even further if you need to, just to give us an idea of where it all started for Nina, what you were doing previously, and then we kind of work in the timeline up to where we are today and how we ended up on a podcast here in the Middle East in, in 2022. So first things first, take us back in time, Nina, to the beginning. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Barry. That's, it was really long time ago when I moved to Dubai. And it wasn't even, it's not like it was my choice to move here. Right. <laughs> it was my parents' choice. <laughs> that was 26 years ago. And I'm really thankful for that, actually, to them. Um, so I've been here for quite some time. I would say Indeed. it's more than half of my life Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. been here. Uh, my first company, I set up 19 years ago. Right. It's the time where I think Media City was just, the beginning of media city yeah, right it was yeah, just launched maybe about five yeah. buildings just launched the new uh, the new place that everyone wanted to be in. yeah <laughs> uh and so that was the um um yeah i was very young and i set up a conference business that was b2b we used to invite people speakers from around the world and sell the concept, so, sorry, the conference and the content that we've created to top management across GCC, actual mm. Middle East. Mm. Uh, that was in a crazy time, amazing time. We used to sell conferences through fax and call right. and, you know, telephone. <laughs> That's definitely and going I back think... a little bit. Yeah, using the fax. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like a dinosaur? <laughs> I feel like a dinosaur now. <laughs> and... 
I think that was a fascinating time because I knew all, I think, I don't know, 80% of top management of the, of, you know, top oil and gas, real estate, uh, financial sector across GCC. That was a real networking. Yeah. Um, and then on the way on my airplane, on the airplane from one of our conferences from Beirut, I met my ex business partner. And that was 15 years ago, who introduced me to this world of brands. Right. And since then, I'm really, really, you know, I focused and I do everything. All my businesses now connect to the idea of how you can use your brand, not as a personal, but corporate brand to really make a difference for your business. Mm. And so this is where I am now. 12 years I've been owning an agency. I well, agency, I don't like the word agency. <laughs> like we all consultancy that is focused on brand strategy and design, where we help companies to transform from the, their businesses into the strong brands that people will love and believe in and brands that have purpose. Right. So this is one thing. And the other thing, I'm the co-founder of the training company that also help actually those who want to learn how to transform their companies into brands so they could take training with us. Right. So that's really, in a nutshell, my journey. Not very, I haven't changed many jobs. I've been always entrepreneur. But okay, and this is the point, actually, from what you said there. What, what, why is that? You know, a lot of people uh, we talk to, they, they spend a bit of time in corporate, they do certain things, mm. and then they go, eh, it's not for me, I, I'm, I think I can do it better. But for, for you, it was always your thing, right? And, and where, where does that come from, do you think? Wow, that's an interesting question, Barry. I've never thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what, what, I, when I was young, I had that, um, I don't want to call leadership skills, because I think it's not up to me to decide if I'm a leader or no. But I always had, like to organize people, create mm -hmm. an idea, and then you know, motivate everyone to go for this idea. But I had to believe in it. And I think my parents noticed that in me, that I have this you know, managerial spirit. And they told me, you should go, and, you know, go to business school. And that's what happened. I went to American University. That was private university in Slovakia. That was when I was outside the country for four years. Mm -hmm. and um, five years and then and I've never thought to be a doctor teacher or anyone but entrepreneur right so it's and I to be honest I was for two years in the corporate world so when I met my business partner on the airplane I actually left my business uh, for my partners and I went to try and enter you know in a big corporate agent in a big uh, international agency to try Right. And uh, it wasn't my, you know, wasn't your was, thing. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> but, <you know>. <laughs> That's fair <laughs> enough. Have yeah. this feeling that there's always conflict between clients and the agency. So for me, you know, being entrepreneur, you're very client oriented. You understand that it's the client who pays your bills. And you set up to make sure that you, you know, you work with them perfectly. Where in the agents on the international levels, they had other priorities, I think. And the whole culture, and it wasn't my, you know, it was my supply at all. So, mm. um, so I left and I never went back, 
Right. <laughs> I've Simple never as that. tried. I've never actually tried to work after that in a corporate world, but I do a lot work with the corporate world. So I'm an outsider, and I see, you know, I see how they function. Because when you develop a brand, you really need to go into the di- uh, dive deep into the company to really into their culture and everything to understand. I do work a lot with corporates, and I might say I prefer to be on my own side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is fair enough. You're a true entrepreneur. Um, my question around that is: here in the Middle East, doing business is is different. Setting up the business is diff- is different to other parts of the world. So, how did you? know what to do you know you 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 were in one business you said you met your business partner on the plane jumped from that business and and did another business but what i'm trying to get at here for our listeners is how do you do that how 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 did you know what to do to make that business happen so uh, i think i i was fearless so i was 21 when i set up my right. business first business uh, I think now when I say 21 for this business, not surprised really for a lot of serial entrepreneurs. That time it was, it was wow, 21 to have your own business. That was quite an achievement. Yeah. Um, I was a lady. So here you can, you know, you've been here for a long time also. Uh, mm. You know, being a lady that time, it was also strange <laughs> to be yeah. entrepreneur and lady. And it helped me. I was fearless. I was so motivated by my idea. So I'm surprised where I had all that energy before. <laughs> With age, you become more, I don't know, con- uh, conscious and considered. But that time I was just there. I believed so much in everything that I was doing. And uh, I went, so the way I set it up, I went to Media City. I said, I'd like to have a company, please, if you could help me to set it up. They've said, well, we have a waiting list of about a year. I said, well, oh, please. And you know, this part of the world is beautiful. I don't know if it still works, but it's a beautiful place where people are very human. They love, they respect. If you're humble, they respect you. Right? If you ask for help, in authentic, really true, you know, authentic way, they're truly happy to help, no matter what positions they are at. And the, the, there was a guy who saw hope in me, in Media City, he said, okay, I'll show you one office, if you like it, but you need to take it today, and don't tell anyone that, you know, you jump off. <laughs> I said, okay, we'll go there. I opened the office, it was all like rainbow and and crazy i don't know who leave who some kind of clown agency was there before <laughs> but it was all rainbow type of thing i said yes i'm taking it and that's how i set it up it's incredible when i think now that i just started whatever was written on the internet i followed the rules and media city people helped me to to do it and it, mm. it was just easy i don't it was just easy i think in general when you believe in what you do and if you believe that something, what you do, it has that positive uh, impact on other people's life, I think a lot of doors are open then. Or mm. maybe it's just the Middle East thing. I don't know, in Europe in my, or in Russia, where I'm from, it might have been a different story. I haven't tried there. <laughs> yeah. No, well, this is the thing, isn't it? I think the, the UAE in itself is a, is a real uh, hotbed of, of entrepreneurialism and, and, and doing things, you know, people making decisions and, and doing stuff. 
And I've spent most of my working career here as well. And so setting up my own business, I, I, I agree 100%. It's just, it's different. People do want to help if you ask the right way. And I think that that was something very important that you made there. And it's still true today is that if you ask from a humble perspective that you need help, people will try and help you. The problem is a lot of people ask from a shouting kind of, you you should help me kind of perspective. And of course, that immediately pushes away and it makes life so difficult on the ground here because then you can't get anything done. Um, but I think that's a really, really valid point that I hadn't really um, verbalized before. It is this idea of, of being humble and, and authentic. And as you've mentioned, very importantly, being very passionate about what you know you are going to do, but then getting other people to help you do the things that need doing, um, like setting up a business and getting an office, for example. And back then, uh, we had an office in in the CNN building. And I remember in those days, every day, somebody would come and try and buy it from us. They would knock on the door, literally say, can we buy your office? Can we buy your office? You know? Uh, no, we need it, and uh, because it was it was new, it was the only yeah, it was the yeah. first one. It was the new free zone, and and everybody wanted to be in it, and uh, and now not so much. But you know that, that's the way it goes. Really? Um, I is where does everyone want to be now? GIFC? Or? I think everybody is just looking for the cheapest deal, right? They're cheapest they're looking deal. for yeah. where where can I get my license? Can I get a visa? Do I have to take space because you've got so many solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that are doing it on their own? Yeah. You know, they don't need a, a 10 person office or they don't feel like yeah. they need a 10 person office. Um, and so they're just going and all of these new free zones are popping up and come and join us and you can have three years of visas. Come and join us. You can have 10 years of visas. Come, You know, they're all throwing these ideas yeah. out there, which comes to my next question, actually, in that, mm -hmm. you know, when you started your business, this this place was definitely, I would say, that the land of opportunity. Do you still see the same kind of opportunity here uh, these days? Mm -hmm. To be honest, if I'm really, I miss Dubai. That was even not 19 years ago, but let's say 12 years ago. I really miss, it's not because there's a lot of competition now at all. I'm not scared of competition. I don't even check whom I'm competing with. But it's, it was a different vibe, vibe. We had to remember the people. It was truly those who wanted to make a difference or top management who wanted to build this country. They were here. It was a different type of mentality. And I think a lot of us, um, I still have it in me, actually. I take this place. On one side is my home, but on the other side, I still feel as a guest mm. somewhere. And therefore, I'm very respectful to everything what's happening. Right. So I don't think it's in my right to criticize, really. Okay. We do sit and discuss things with my husband that something goes wrong, some, you know, bureaucracy. But in general, in the way, you know, when we meet and go outside, it's really, I don't think it's my right to sit and criticize something that we sure. do in our countries. Um, so, and this type of people were always here. And there are those who's been here forever, living for a long time. We have that kind of appreciation and then the home, but at the same time, time we're guests here and respect towards each other and towards the country and i really really miss that i think there's a lot of i don't want to sound like a grandma now <laughs> <laughs> but, but i think in the last i don't know i think three years it's completely different vibe 
Mm. It's this kind of opportunistic type of approach. Now there's a lot of people from different countries. They're all, and it's the same conversation when you look around, money, money, money. You know, well, Dubai, we can make money and there's money and there's a lot of money. I don't think that was the case 12 years ago. We wanted to make money and... 2007, we made a lot of money, all of us. Yeah. Right. But it wasn't just, it wasn't that vibe. Now I think it's all, it's a lot of people new. It's a new vibe. It's the new type of everyone's bringing their own cultural um, backgrounds. And then on top of that, this new generation of crypto and blockchain and startups, they also want money and very quick. So everyone wants to be unicorn, you know, within, I don't know, two years. Yeah. We were, I haven't even thought about being unicorn or sell the company when I've started it up when I was 21. I thought how I want to build a legacy and how my kids are working in that company. It's different vibes. So going back to your question, opportunities, yes, I think there's still a lot of opportunities, but I think it's really, you really need to look for them. In this sea of noise, yeah, and I, I think you're so so right. There is opportunity. You just have to look very carefully. And it has changed from when we started way back when. And uh, the I think you're right. The vibe has slightly shifted. I think people have become a little bit more impatient, as you said. They they want to be in and out of their business within two to three years. And that's what everybody's looking at. How do I get yeah. one of the big guys to buy my business in a short period of time and then yeah. get out, um, which which does change. Like you say, it changes the whole, um, the vibe and also the conversations that happen. Because I remember, you know, 10, 10, 12 years ago, networking was, it was, everybody was trying to do something, but there was almost a bit more of a relaxed vibe about the whole networking mm-hmm. to meet people and actually have that conversation. Whereas you do any kind of networking today and it's all speed networking. It's boom, 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 boom. How do I, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, can't yet, yet, yet. And off you go. And you think, wow, yeah. th- there's not much wow. chance to build any kind of conversation <laughs> or relationship or anything. Cause it's just about handing out cards. You can't help me. You can't help me. Oh, you could help me. Right. I'll talk to you. And, and, I get it to a certain degree. I get the hustle. I get the the energy and and whatnot. But I also feel like there's, as you said, it's just changed the the way that business is 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 facilitating itself here in, in the Middle East. It's it's got faster, I suppose. It's almost become a little bit more superficial. And people would have said that even ten years ago. Say, well, Dubai is a bit superficial, but even now, even more so. I think it's also for for those of us have been here a long time. I always have this conversation with people saying. You know, is it still so attractive to people to come here? Because we hear all of the news, well, there's so many people leaving, it's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. But then you talk on the other side and say, yeah, but there's still thousands of people pouring in to Dubai and into the UAE. Yeah. And and I have to remind myself that I am also a lot older now and a lot more time has passed. And that maybe if I was 25 years old today and I was in the UK, for example, and I looked at the Middle East and I looked at UAE and I looked at Dubai, I'd probably look at it and go, yeah, that looks cool. I think I'd like to be a part of that somehow. Absolutely. I, but, you know, I have to say I'm super thankful for Dubai because the practice and the people that I learned from, I would have never learned anywhere else in the world. The project, I was, I was you know, from university directly, was involved with people of the top, you know, top, 
um, jobs or positions from around the world of big international companies. I was sitting with them. I was talking to them. I was learning from them because of Dubai, because Dubai that time attracted all the best minds here to build the, to build the Emirates, right? The country, even not just Dubai. So, and then because of that, I worked then in Malaysia, in Indonesia, in Canada, in London, in New York, because I knew people I've met here. And it's incredible now when I compare my knowledge that I got through practice with the people, even my age that worked only in one country. It's huge difference. Mm-hmm. Very, it's, it's, and that's why it's a bit difficult with me also, because I have this high expectations now all the time from everyone, <laughs> because that's what I've learned from Dubai that time that, you know, it's only the best people yeah. <laughs> who you want to work with. So it's it's incredible, um, incredible place to learn, incredible place that you can meet anyone at the reception of the hotel. Yeah. Right? Star, billionaire, you know, anyone really that in your country you would have not probably, in our country you would not even, you know, dreamt of meeting. No, exactly. Yeah, you would never be able to get a meeting with them, and you just bump into them in in, in hotel lobbies and and coffee shops and so forth. So yeah, I think that that that's a really, really cool part about this this part of the world. And I've said that always since I came here as well. Is that it's it seems like it's so much easier to get to talk to the kind of people that really do want to make a difference and 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 building these businesses. Whereas in the UK, for example, you'd have to try and get through gatekeepers and get through receptionists and get through this 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 even just to get noticed to, yeah. to get a conversation yeah. or get a date in the diary whereas here you can kind of almost find out their number and, and whatsapp them and they say yeah we'll see you in 10 minutes in in starbucks and you think huh, yeah wow, cool yeah <laughs> oh, cool yeah and then we get it for, we take it for granted then then i felt like it's it's normal thing but and then um I don't know if you noticed that, but what I tell, so it's a lot of with everything that's happening around, a lot of people from uh, Russian speaking people are moving here. And, um, and then they all come with their own baggage, right? Mm-hmm. Or oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm top manager, I'm not top manager. They have all this kind of, um, I've noticed societal level groups that they themselves They've decided this is the, I don't know, high society. This is this society. And I look at it and it, it looks funny, actually. Because <laughs> here we have, you know, it's very simple. We're all expats and that's it. Yeah. There's, so there is, right, there's government, there is local population, and then the rest are expats. We actually all the same. Yeah. So it's, it's just also, it's another thing I've noticed. That I've never thought about it like that, who's from there. I just said, we're expatriates. We're guests in this place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We all are. But I think that, unfortunately, your view is not one that's also held by many. There are a lot of people that look at, you know, a very uh, tiered division yeah, yeah. of ex of expats you know and unfortunately it's also true when you when you're in the employment business because depending on which passport you have people get offered you know in in spite of their qualifications if you've got this passport then you can only have this uh, this job and so it is facilitated that way a little bit but it's it's interesting i much prefer your viewpoint of that yeah there's pretty much there's there's the locals and then there's everyone else and we're all in this mixing pot and actually there is no there shouldn't be any of this hierarchy there is but I agree that there shouldn't be because we're all guests. Uh, the majority of us are guests here. 
the country has offered us such a, a unique opportunity to to be here and, and do stuff. But um, yeah, I think maybe more people could be a bit more mindful of that um, approach when, yeah. when they're thinking about it. But um, but before we get off that, there's something that I did want yeah. to ask about your business now, because we, we've talked there quite a lot about the, the how it was and the change and how, how business is now. I wanted to ask from your viewpoint with your business now from a branding perspective, what are the trends and the things that you're kind of really, when you do do a deep dive into a company and you look at mm-hmm. their brand and how to use it, what are the things that are are cropping up more and more that you are focusing on to help them leverage their brand? And I'm kind of getting at this idea of, of um, authenticity, sustainability, and these kind of things. Are, are you seeing these kind of things coming more into the work that you're doing? Or if not, what are you seeing? Yeah. So in terms of um, really, when we look outside, of course, the idea of purpose is becoming you know, it's crucial. So the purpose is why your company exists beyond making money. Of course, it does not have to be only with the environment. Right? It could be social impact. It could be just making, improving people's life as not just to do with the environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that idea of purpose is definitely something that I think every company should look at. But And then put that idea. So when you think about competition now, to remember before it used to be industry competitors, right? So you were, I don't know, a school and you compete with another school. Now, think about it. We are, you know, cluttered with everything. So mm-hmm. clothes, services, features on your phone, for example, you know, thousands of different options that you can do, but you, you don't even use half of it. Uh, news, uh, media channels, social media, and so on. So the real competition now is clutter. Mm. So what do you do? How do you differentiate? But you can differentiate by looking at your brand and then looking really at what you do different, what makes you unique, and why you do what you do. What is that thing that you bring to this world that impacts it in a positive and good way? Mm-hmm. And I think this is really the idea of purpose is something that's important. And that includes sustainability, definitely. Right? Of course, if you're a good person, a good you know, person on this planet, it would be strange if you don't think at all about sustainability and still don't care. I know there are businesses like that, but going forward, see new generation, they do care. Mm. They do care about it. They do care and they are trying to be mindful and conscious in their decisions and selective. They want to be buying from someone who is doing good things and they want to be part of that movement. Mm. Right? Yeah. So I mm. think that's really the main trend. What the, What happens is with that trend is a lot of people understand it from the top management, but they don't know what to do with it. So mm-hmm. they think the idea of purpose is something, okay, we create a beautiful sentence, we put it on all our marketing material, and that's it. But it's not like that. You have to put it really in the sense of everything you do. You know, look at companies like Patagonia, it's the outdoor clothing brand, yeah. but it's all about, you know, making this planet uh, so that's true. So you take that purpose and put it in the center of everything you do. There's a huge trend and everyone uses a customer experience. Yeah, everyone wants to be customer experience. 
when you really dig deep, um, dig deeper into that customer experience, it's really brand building. It's mm. when you take your customer also and you you create experience, everything you do around the customer. So that's another trend. But again, so this is really customer is still at the center of everything you do, and purpose of the company is also something that needs to drive everything what you're doing, all your decisions. These are two important things, I think. And the third one I would add is the era of working on isolation and silo has finished. Now we are all interconnected. So it's important to look at the business as a full ecosystem and how we all work together and think about how we can together co-create value. So value co-creation with your partners, employees, your competitors, even in certain instances, is also something that I think is going to be more and more important, um, um, more and more, you know, um, uh, in, into the future. It's going to be something more and more, uh, what's the word? I forgot. <laughs> Not important, but uh, essential for success. Essential. Into, yeah. yeah, for for businesses. I I agree. And I I wonder, though, this idea of purpose, isn't this something that has been fundamentally at a business's core forever? And when you look back, you know, it's not something that that's new as such. But so is it that we're just more aware of it now? And it was, you know, it was kind of only few and far between companies used to do it. Those big guys, you know, let's take the Apples and and the, the Nikes and whatnot. They've been doing this for a long time and have have put that at the center of it. Is it that we are now looking at those guys going, yeah, we should all be doing this kind of thing? Or what is it? Because I've, I believe that purpose must be at the beginning or at the, at the center of every business. Um, but again, maybe you can tell me that I'm completely wrong there and that whilst I think that that's the case, that isn't the case. <laughs> And, and that's where we have to work. So what's happened there in terms of all of these, that, that idea of, of the why and the purpose, surely that's been there since businesses began. And if that is the case, how is it that there's just this huge focus now? And if that's not the case, what, what's been happening? <laughs> the idea of purpose is in, I think, in, in the, almost every entrepreneur's heart, the owner of the company, and of course, most of us and before us, they they were opening companies because it was not just the money driven. They wanted to bring new products to, I don't know, this part of the world, for example. They wanted to create something new for people. Of course, I think the idea, because its idea of purpose is rooted into human attributes, human characteristics, human traits. Mm-hmm. It's being good person, doing something that is not just, you know, making myself rich. Of course, it's been there forever. It's like being authentic has been there forever. It's like doing, you know, be true, be honest. Has been, but somehow we've started going and learning these things again of how to, you know, it was there. Of course, it's the basis for people's interaction. And you don't want to just use someone to gain uh, so it's been there forever and it's now in the every owner's heart. But well, the problem is that it's just in their heart and mind, but it's not as a center of company's um, operations. So how you can translate that, the idea of vision, so purpose and vision, and make it really work for your business from the owner's head into the business and create all the operations, processes, you know, foundations for all your decision making, 
How do you do that? And that's important. There's a lot of people. So even if we take so the idea of vision and mission, right? Simple. Everyone should have vision and mission. Ask, ask your friends or your clients, what's their vision? Hmm. I bet you, in my case, you know, maybe about 60% only people who can who remember their vision. The hmm. rest, they say, yeah, we have that. It's something like, mm -mm -mm, and they usually put it on the wall. Yeah. But vision, so the same thing with purpose. It's there, but it's not being articulated and it was never put into the, you know, as a sense of everything you do. So, yes, it's nothing new about this idea, but it's what you do and how you activate it, articulate it. And people would work, if people work for something meaningful and they, they do it's meaningful, they'll work better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You might need to pay less, <laughs> but you'll retain talents. You'll attract talents and people would want to associate with you. Your customers would want to buy. They want to buy from people who are good. Mm. I mean, I don't want to sound like um, non-profit organization or something or CSR or no, I mean, you can really do not make money out of being purpose driven company. Mm. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, I agree 100%. And I guess some people still have a problem with understanding how that works. But I fully agree that you can you can still generate business and do business and be true to yourself, both as, a, as an individual, but also as the entity, you know, build that that culture within your business that that people say, you know, what, I want to be a part of that. And I remember even back in the day when I first started my career, and I went and I ended up working for Microsoft. And found out to your point there that people would often take a pay cut to go and work for microsoft because it was microsoft and and so they wanted that on their cv and, and so forth and, and and actually it wasn't just about that it was also that people wanted to be part of that culture they wanted to work for that company because they believed that it was you know trying to do something it was moving the world forward from a technological perspective but it was also trying to do it again air quotes the right way uh, that, they, that they would want to support that. Now, you know, there's going to be people that argue against what Microsoft does and for it and so forth. But I think what they were trying to put out into the market space was that this is a brand that you would want to come and work for. And if you do come and work for this brand, you are going to be proud. You are going to be effective because you want and you are motivated to work for this brand. And then if that's the case, then everybody wins. You win as an individual, the brand wins overall because we do it. And then your customers win because you're actually producing a you know, product that, that people actually want. And again, people can argue left, right, and center about whether Microsoft produces products that you want. But back in the day, you know, and, and now that they're, they're still leading the, the, the world forward when it comes to a technological perspective. So they obviously did something right, are doing something right from a brand perspective because it has grown, has been sustainable, uh, and more and more people want to, uh, to to be a part of that, which is, um, you know, I think from my perspective, it's a definition of success um, to, to that extent. It wasn't for me in terms of, you know, again, coming back to the whole journey, like I, I understood what was happening, but I also was like, well, I don't think I want to be part of the machine. There's something else dragging me to do something else. And yeah, that ended up here. And <laughs> here we are from that side of things. Um, but the um, one thing that I did want to, uh, to to come back on and actually have you talk about is that I'm great 
thankful that you're on my podcast here, but you've also started a podcast recently. Can you tell me a bit about that? First of all, what it is, but also why? Why did you start it? Well, um, I've just started. You're right. Well, three months ago, I'm not as professional podcaster as you are. I think <laughs> yours is one of the one of the first, right, in the Middle East. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and, we started a long, long time ago, 2014. I think we did our first ones, 2015. So nobody was nobody was really yeah. listening to podcasts in the Middle East <laughs> at that point. But we thought, yeah, maybe we could do these little short ones that people would be, and it's kind of grown from there. But uh, yeah, so it's been a while. <laughs> I don't think I even knew the word podcast in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so why? I think really my driver was um, to tell people about the idea of brands. So the podcast is called Brands Through Stories. And I have this, like I said, incredible network of my clients and friends who people who are achievers from mm-hmm. so, behind very successful companies or building new successful companies. And I think this is number one. So I have incredible list of people to invite still and that were happy to share their stories with, with me. So they motivated me. Number two is, is the idea of brand. A lot of people, even marketeers, even working for medium-sized companies, they don't really fully understand what brand is. And most of people by default go into think that brand is aesthetics or some kind of marketing that you create some taglines and you put it out there in social media or you have a name or you need to think about the name and the logo and here you go, you have a brand. Mm-hmm. It's really not a deep, in-depth understanding of the brand and what you can do with it to make your company stronger. So brand is is everything, is your whole business, is that feeling that people have when they think about your company, is that emotional connection that you create with your customers, internal and external. And in order to create that emotional connection, you need to set up your whole company around it, everything. So I always liken it to the um, orchestra. So if you think that conductor is your brand, and every musician with a musical instrument is a department, Right. So conductor has to organize everything to one beautiful music that goes into the audience, that audience fall in love with, and they come back, they bring their families, they want to listen to that. So that's what brands, brand is your business, is that emotional connection that you want to create with your audience. And that's not many people understand that. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, before I close any contract, it takes really quite a long time. I have like three to four meetings to explain first to the potential clients what it is, how you build it. And then they say, oh, okay, okay, then we get it. And then they sign the contract or not sign or we're too expensive. So, <laughs> and then they find someone who's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> In most of the cases, this is it. Because there's always some... There's always a laptop who can do it cheaper. Yeah. Uh, so, so I thought that you know why not to create something this public voice that could do it, but do it not in the pure dry theory, but more into through inspiring stories of my friends, colleagues, you know, ex clients, future clients, and clients. So, and that's how the idea of podcast came out, and I'm yeah. really happy with where we are i think my team is doing an incredible job in terms of editing it i'm super excited about all my guests i'm waiting 
that when we all get healthy, yeah. <laughs> you and I will have your podcast because we've been planning that for a long time. Also. I know. <laughs> so that's how it is. I love it. I love it. I believe in it. I love it. I think I, it's it's incredible. So mm. the question was how it started. That's it's really more my my professional purpose in life uh, sorry my purpose in professional life is to inspire people to create meaningful companies mm-hmm. and and i think this podcast is one of my tools that i use to activate this purpose fantastic yeah no i think you're right and i've listened to a few of them and, and you're doing it so oh, it's right you. on <laughs> you're doing it you're inspiring <laughs> people and like you say the people thank that you're you. talking to it just it, it, they're, it, they're great stories that they're able to tell about what they have done and how they have done it. And it's the same format, you know, from this perspective, being able to talk to people like yourself, Nina, and get you to tell, you know, everything that you've shared today so far is just so powerful because you've done it, you know, you're, and you're doing it. Um, and I think that's where we can, we can really um, give into our community with knowledge. And that, that's what this is about, is sharing that knowledge so that people can go, huh, interesting, I never thought about that. Or or more likely that they identify with your journey and go, huh, that's like me. And uh, I've been thinking about doing this. And you know, now I've heard that, and this is how Nina did it, and this is what she did. Right, I'm going to make that move. I'm going to take that step and do it because I've been inspired to do so. So again, I think that you're doing that with, okay. with your businesses, with your podcasts, and 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 will continue to do so but bearing that in mind there's only you know so many hours in a day we were having this conversation before we started uh, before we started recording there's only so many hours in the day you've got a lot on your plate how do you keep everything going in the direction that you want to so from nina's perspective is there something this is a question i always like to ask our guests is is there something that you do to keep yourself on track or that you would recommend somebody investigates whether it is um, you know, a, a book, a mentor, a coach, a tool, or meditation—anything that you do to just try and um, keep the craziness <laughs> in line, if you like, because there's always so much going on. What is it that you do, Nina? Very. I don't have anything on track. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's one big mess. <laughs> 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 To be honest, I, you know, one thing I've been always trying to tell myself to be the best mother, um, the best wife, um, the best businesswoman, successful, good leader, and so on. I realized that's not possible. And I think telling to myself that it's honestly, that is not possible. It's okay. It's, I don't know why I wanted to be the best, to be honest. I think it's my social um, communist uh, influence from my right. father. <laughs> that that, uh, that gives you this, you know discipline and be the best in competition and but I'm not like that anymore. So I realize I cannot be the best. It really yeah, what's the best? It's not even the what you know, what is to be the best. So I realized that it's okay. It's, we just need to try to balance. Do I balance? No, I don't balance anything. Uh, I think in the morning I wake up, I put all my notes together, and I f- think that I'm in control. And then my daughter comes and says, "Oh, mama, I have a fever." And then that's it. Forget your notes yeah. and the life is different. <laughs> so it's, there's it's... no balance in my life. <laughs> what is there is for sure. Um, and I don't want to sound like, uh, um, uh, you know, beauty page, <laughs> the, you know, beauty queen that's trying to win the title is to have a purpose. 
Uh, but really, purpose makes a huge difference. So I'll tell you, so I see my daughter is coughing. Right now. Um, I'll tell a very quick story. I've been uh, my business partner. I've lost my business partner two years ago. And this person, uh, he's alive, but he just not, um, he decided to leave the business because of post-COVID uh, unhappiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that person was my best friend. Um, my you know, business partner that I trusted for 99%. Everything we've done, we built for 10 years. We were building company together, spending, flew around you know, the world. We spent on the airplane. We spent in Malaysia many year, uh, weeks of building the brands there also and so on. It's a very, very close person of mine. And then I lost him. And I lost him without, just like that. He said, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm out of the business. And business was in terrible state after COVID, terrible. We lost the office. We almost lost the team. We had to rebuild. We lost all the revenue. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. 10 years. And I think that was one of the reasons that really influenced him. So I lost him. And I lost my friends, my business partner. And then I lost social capital that we were building for 10 years because he was the face of the company. He was older than me. He was more experienced in that time. So I woke up in the morning when he said, I'm leaving. And he left like that. Okay, bye. I'm leaving. And he left. Uh, so I woke up and I felt like everything fell apart. I had nothing. I felt I had nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I cried for two months, to be honest. And then, and then I said, well, okay, now I have to build everything. And, but it came. So why do I want to build everything? And this is then I said, well, I'm preaching and telling everyone to have a purpose. Then what's my purpose as a business? And then when I realized that I truly, my love, I love what I do. And I truly want people, I truly believe that you can change this world for the better through business. If you really built a meaningful purpose-driven business, this world will be better. Even if it's just three people in your company and you just influence and create an amazing culture for them, it's already a difference. And I want to share that with people and inspire people to do that, to create meaningful companies. From that day, my life has changed when I found that purpose in my heart. See, I have good bumps. I truly, it's changed. I've started my, it's so clear now. What type of result that I have? This business, that business. I podcast, I'm writing this book. I meet this type of people. I'd say this sort of thing. Because everything unites to one thing is that my purpose. (laughs) So what I suggest really to everyone, find. I know maybe it sounds cheesy, but really answer the question. Once you find out why you do it and what makes you really passionate and love waking up every day and singing into your computer, it, the life is changes, changes. And when you, when you are inspired by that and then you're driven by that and you tell to other people, people becomes part of your movement. They want to be with you also. Yeah. It's incredible. Incredible. When I started my podcast, I really liked the guy from America, Louis Hobbs, who has the podcast called, uh, school and the meaning. It's incredible. But when I thought about it, that they came into the podcast in that spirit, so authentic, honest, and so on, I -hmm. met the guy even. The guy at that time was visiting UAE 
for the first time and I had an opportunity to meet him. Amazing. Even to that extent, it's magical, magical when you have a purpose, what happens. Mm. And it's just one of the person. Every time I think about someone, I have to have a you know some sort of connection now because because I think it's just you believe in what you do. And I think I've answered your question in the last this ten minutes monologue. <laughs> <laughs> you have no, I think it's brilliant. I actually think that is a fantastic answer because it comes back to and boils down to this idea of finding what you are passionate about. What is your purpose? And 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 you you found it, and you you just talk passionately about it. And, and and again, it comes back to what you're you're living and walking and talking and the walk and the talk because you you went through this thing. You you you're you're doing what you are helping other companies do, and you're you're helping them find what that essence is. And uh, I think it's fantastic. So no, I think it's a great story to end on. Um, and I think that people will get a lot from it to, to really understand. And a lot of people say that, you know, you have to find your what you're passionate about, but it's so true that it, and it's not just what you're passionate about. It is what what will you wake up every day thinking, I'm ready to go. How 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 do we do it today? And and I think that's that's really important. And and the way that people find that out is to try things don't just sit there thinking about it and coming up with always it's actually execute on certain things and then you find out you know what i love this or i don't like this so much and okay well what is it else what else is there that i do love to do how do i help people how do i serve people uh, and in in that servitude you you find your 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 why as it were and uh, and i think that it's uh, it's a really powerful message and a really powerful story that you, you've told there nina so um it just actually remains for me to say thank you very much thank you thank you nina thank for you taking much. the time thanks so much for joining us uh, on, on the podcast today and um for everybody that's listening in thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode as always if there's anyone that you'd like us to speak with drop us a line wishlist at swanglinese.rocks and we'll catch you on the next one thanks so much for listening to this episode of swanglinese with your hosts barry lee cummings and oscar and we'll catch you next time